0: Well, good morning church. How we doing? We good? Did you get an Easter egg or two? James, you didn't buy your wife an Easter egg? She's lying. Oh my goodness. Well, happy Easter for, for all of us today. What a great weekend to celebrate what we're here for and what we're about. Amen. It's the, it's the, how do you put it? The central core to our message that we want to live by and speak. Amen which is the cross of Jesus, and we're so thankful to him. So how about we pray? Lord Jesus, this morning, we thank you so much for your, for your death on the cross. But Lord, we thank you so much that you rose again and you gave hope and life to every single one of us sinners, God. Lord, today we dedicate our life to you. Lord, we lift you up as our Lord and our Saviour. And Father, let us impact our community according to your command and according to your empowerment. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning, I'd let, like to read from Matthew 28. It will come up on the screen, or if you want to follow, it'll be Matthew 28, verses 1 to 10. My, the title of my message today is Two Commandments Love God, Love Others. You betcha. <laughs> I'm loving that. Love God, Love Others. And groove your ringtones. <laughs> Mine is so boring comparison to that. That is such a cool <laughs> ringtone. Now after the Sabbath, so Matthew 28. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. That would be quite a moving experience, wouldn't it? His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. I don't know about you, but I think I'd become like a dead man too, right there at that point. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. <laughs> he wasn't risen. He is risen. I remember one of the first lessons I learned from... The, the, the minister at our church when I was growing up, Canon Frank Lowe, he talked a lot about he is risen. God is risen. Jesus is risen. He, not, he might not be risen. He wasn't risen. He is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lay and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead and indeed he is going before you into Galilee There you will see him, behold, I have told you. So they went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to bring his disciples' word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I've pulled a, a video out for you to look at. And um, this video is pretty cool. This video was, was um, as Tracy mentioned on Friday, we were married 27 years ago, which is pretty cool. This was the year that we were married. So you can see the sort of dress and the hair sense from those days. So bring it on, guys, if it'll come up. The sun had hid its
1: face all the men
2: that walked with him Had turned and Left
0: perms guys come on the perms and the tucked in suits and oh my goodness what a good day eh? bring back the 80s and 90s (laughs) what a great message though you can't help but feel excited about that amen hallelujah jesus is alive turn to someone and say hallelujah jesus is alive come on church (laughs) oh that is so cool that is so so cool he's alive amen he is a alive excuse me oh that's very funny. My brother used to play the keyboard, still plays the keyboard, but my brother plays the keyboard, so we had a band back in the '80s and the 90's. my brothers and I, so one of us played the drums, the youngest one, and then the next one he played guitar, and then my brother Jeff played the keyboard, and Jeff looked just like that whole 80s thing going on with the with the uh, you know the the mullet and all that sort of thing. you remember. <laughs> We have a photo on the wall. My parents are sitting in the corner at the back there. <laughs> Hi, Mum and Dad. <laughs> um, they, we have a photo on the wall in Mum and Dad's place of, of a photo shoot that I think dates back to about 89 or thereabouts, 88, 89. And I, I think all four of us had mullets of some description or the other. Country boys. Hallelujah, Jesus is alive. Come on, church. Aren't we glad that he's alive? I'll tell you what. Without, without having that hope and without having that future to look forward to, you know, life would just be so much more difficult, wouldn't it? Yeah. During the last month, I've been thinking a lot about the great commandment and about, about the works of Jesus. Jesus' commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbour as yourself. On these two things hang all the law and the prophets. So we can simplify the gospel message right down to love the Lord your God, and love your neighbor as yourself or love others. This morning, I want, to, I want to just go over those couple of points, reading a number of different scriptures, and pose another thought to you this morning. So why did Jesus die? To buy us back for our salvation? But did it end there or was that just the beginning? Turn to John with me to John chapter 3 and verse 14. So my first point is this, Jesus' death on the cross, what was it for? John 3, verse 14 to 17. Most of us would know this one. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be... So why did Jesus die on the cross? Number one, for the Father. Because Father God wanted us back in his fold so that we could approach his throne and his, you know, his, his, his glory because of what Jesus did on the cross. Because the Father loves you and me so deeply that he would actually send his own son so that we could be right standing before him. For us because our sin separated us from God because we have made mistakes anyone here perfect no nah. because we have heard him and we've heard others because we now have a way to reset and to go forward yeah. it's amazing that we can come to this time this time of the year that's so precious to us in this part of the you know this part of the calendar the whole world even still stops hey the whole of this country even still stops That Jesus would would go the extra mile for us because we have made mistakes and yet we could press the reset button because of his blood. Every time we stop and say, Jesus, thank you for your cross. Thank you for forgiving me of my sin and setting me free. And the other part of why did Jesus go? Why did Jesus die on the cross? What was the reason for his death? It's for the world. Not just the Christians, but for the whole world this whole the Bible talks about this whole world aching and groaning for the return of Christ so without the cross this world would have no hope it would have no future and yet because of what Jesus did on the cross every person in this place can have a future according to his word and his scripture every person isn't it amazing the Bible talks about the one man died for the sins of all not for the sins of most or not for the sins of the good people but for the sins of all, for every single person. That's why Jesus died on the cross. My second point is this. This is my commandment that you love one another. Have a look at um, John 15 with me if we can. John 15 verse 11, we'll start there. This is my commandment. So so Jesus died for the Father, for us. Because remember Jesus said, look, take this away from me, God, you know. But he said, let your will be done, not mine, for us and for the world. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your love may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this than to lay down one's life for his friends. Just what happened on the cross for us. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. And this is an amazing part of scripture. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends for all things that I heard from my father, I have made known to you. He didn't hold anything back for us. Isn't that remarkable? You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. And that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. It's an interesting opening line saying that my joy, my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. The start of that scripture talks about that. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and your joy may be full. And towards the end there, it says, these things I command you that you love one another. If we want to find joy in our life, I think there's th- there's two ways to find it. The first way is loving God because that always brings us a sense of joy. And the second way is loving others. You know, it brings a deep sense of, hey, life's worth living. When we can point our eyes sort of, Towards others around us, love God, love others. Jesus laid down for His life for us. I guess the question to us now: Are we willing to lay down our life for others? That's the challenging thing, isn't it? Sometimes we've got to lay down some of our theology. Remember, the Bible doesn't. Bible talks about don't argue endlessly over endless theologies or something like that. Sometimes we've got to lay down our preference. It's not much, though, when you compare it to what Jesus did for us. Sometimes we've got to go the extra mile to be a friend to the friendless, to go beyond our own preference for the preferences of others. I just find it an incredible thing that Jesus really narrowed all the law and the prophets. So you're talking a big, fat book with lots of little chapters and verses in it. And he nailed it all down and simply said this, Love God and love your neighbour as yourself. John said it well in in 2 John 1. He said, I rejoice greatly that I have found some... Oh, there is no 2 John 1. It's just 2 John, (laughs) verse 4 to 6. For the theologians amongst us, sorry about that. I rejoice greatly that I have found some of your children walking in truth as we receive commandment from the Father. And now I plead with you, lady, as not though I wrote a new commandment to you, but that which we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. This is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment that as you have heard from the beginning, you should walk in it. That you should love one another, eh? What an incredible way to think about life, to change from our, you know, our natural ways to say, God, God, we want to love our neighbours as ourselves. That includes things like um, we, saw, we saw the mention of sleep at the G includes things like that it includes giving to the poor and 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 that sort of jazz but it also includes in our daily life connecting with those around us and loving those around us and sometimes putting aside some of our preferences and our thoughts and our ways so point three what does love mean If we think about Jesus on Easter week, he prayed earnestly for his disciples and for all of us. Remember in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus talked about, hey, I want to to pray for my disciples and I want to pray for the people yet to come and the people yet to believe. So Jesus was praying for you and for me. So what can we do? We can pray for each other. We can pray for those who don't, don't yet know him. We can pray when our family and friends have needs or sickness or whatever, you know. So there's things we can do. We can pray. The second point, he did not restore to violence, resort to violence, even though he has the ultimate power. In fact, he healed the servant whose ear Peter chopped off. I love the the um, video on Friday, even though I wasn't here, I watched it on the YouTube. But on Friday, I think John was playing one of the one of the disciples or whatever, and and he said, even though his ear fell off on the ground, Jesus picked it up and put it back on the on the um, the guy's ear that Peter remember Peter chopped the ear off. Just Look it up in the Bible. <laughs> but it's amazing that Jesus, even though he had the most ultimate of power, still didn't resort to that. He resorted to death and humiliating death on the cross. So what can we do? We need to take a stand on certain fronts, like I said, at Sleep of the G, but we should always walk in love and humility as we battle the things of this world in the spirit. Not in, not in, a, not in a combative you know, blow things up because of just blowing things up. No, we don't do that. We walk in humility and love. That's who we are. What did Jesus say? Turn the other cheek. You know, walk in love, walk in humility. These things are a bit countercultural, I know that, but these things are the, across Bible things. He didn't shy away. Jesus didn't shy away from his responsibility, even though he thought about it. God, take this cup from me, although let Your will be done. How about us? We can take responsibility for our actions and sometimes take the harder road for us when needed be. You know, sometimes it's worth us, I think, just saying, you know what, Jesus, you you walk the hard road for us. God, what can we do? Sometimes we're going to need to walk the harder road, you know? You know why? Because people are more important than preference. People are more important than preference. He took brutal punishment for our sins... What he did on the cross finished the payment of sin. Remember he said it is finished. The payment of sin was made. We can't go back and do that again. We don't have to do all sorts of incantations and stuff for our sins to be forgiven. They are forgiven through the cross of Jesus. And aren't you glad you're a Christian? Because some other religions don't believe in that. But I'm really glad I'm a Christian. Because I can just press the reset button and say, Jesus, thank you that you died on the cross for my sin. And you love me so deeply and so much that you would die on the cross despite who I am. So what he did on the cross? Finished the payment of sin. We can't do that. We don't. We can't take that place. We can, though, have a heart to forgive. Remember one of the things Jesus said on the cross? He said, Lord, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Remarkable. He's a man bruised and battered and broken. And yet... Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Offences will come, the Bible says, and woe to those that bring them. But but let's not get offended. You know, let's find a way to walk through that stuff. Jesus, I'm all about two things. God, loving you and loving others. Even when someone just digs the knife in. God, this day I'm looking to love you and love others, God, despite what happens around me. Jesus, I look to you and I love you and I love others, God. That is my mantra, not... Me, 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 me. Another incredible things that we can do from the cross, he still looked after his mother even though he was on his last breath. Do you remember Jesus said to John on the cross, hey, John? Jesus said to John on the cross, hey, hey, look after my mum for me. Amazing, eh? Love your mum. You're a champ. <laughs> look after your mum. <laughs> love you dad you're a champ <laughs> bible talks about it love your mother love your father hey uh, can i just make a side note there, there is not a more faithful w- woman when it comes to prayer than the one sitting over there in that corner she has prayed for us and prayed for us and prays for my kids and, and i'm sure in the future will pray for my grandkids you know anyways love you, Mum. you're a champ <laughs> He still looked after his mother. So what can we do? We can love our mums and our dads and our brothers and our sisters in Christ as much as in the natural. You know, we can get alongside. Even when things are tough, let's not forget our loved ones and our neighbours. You know, one of your neighbours might be going through a hard time. I remember when our neighbour's husband passed away and, you know, there's not much we can do, but Tracy made some meals and that sort of stuff just to help settle through that first little bit, you know. I think he was only 46 years old when he passed away. Jesus' last words on the cross included prayer for the forgiveness of sinners. His purpose in life was, was to bring that to a naught, for it to be finished. Let us then not slap him in the face and start to forgive. What's the, what's the um, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Good Anglican version there. His last words include prayer for forgiveness. God, forgive them for they don't know what they've done to me. This is part of the plan. It's okay. Jesus, forgive me so that I can forgive others when the tough times come. Point number four, the promise. So we've looked at these things. We've looked about Jesus' death on the cross. What was it for? For the Father, for us, and for the world. Point number two, this is my commandment, that you love one another. Point number three, what does it mean to love? Point number four is the promise. Most assuredly, I say to you, this is John 14, verse 12 to 18. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these, he will do because I go to my Father. Does that give you a bit of enthusiasm? And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Why would he have said that if he didn't mean it? If you love me, keep my commandments and I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. The spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells within you and will be in you. I will not leave orphans. Sorry, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Isn't that an incredible thing? That Jesus knew, okay, there's a time for me to be on this world. There's a task that I have, but the task is finished. Now I'll send my helper. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in my life. Amen. Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. The old King James, Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in the life of this church and the life of us as believers. We believe in you. Holy Spirit, lead us to a revelation of who Jesus is. Holy Spirit, lead us to a revelation of of what it means to love our neighbour as ourselves. Holy Spirit, empower us and lead us to do the Father's will for his glory, not for ours. It's not about us. It's about the Father and his glory. I find it so interesting that even comforting and even comforting that jesus encourage us to go do the father's will but not just by ourselves but he gives us the power of the person of the holy spirit that he would be with us and walk with us and guide us again i reference that script that that, um, that um, picture of the the foot, footprints in the sand where you've got the man walking along and two sets of footprints you see him then all of a sudden you see one set of footprints and the man said to god why why did you leave me in my darkest time and he said son I carried you in your hardest times, in your darkest times. He says, mate, if he was Australian, he says, mate, just ask me and I'll give you a hand. Just ask me and I'll give you a hand. That's a country motto out in the bush you always knew if neighbour needed a hand or whatever else and when it came to hay time there were people just turned up out of all sorts of areas and we all picked up bales of hay and carted them off to the sheds we did it for everybody mate just ask me I'll give you a hand I will send my spirit to guide you and to help you and how about the big one at the end I will not leave you orphans I will come to you I just think that is such a fabulous thing We've got a video we want to show you, which is pretty cool and sort of sums up my message. So I wrote this message over the last little while and Jimmy sent me a link earlier in the week and said, and said, Hey, this is a video we'll be playing at church on Sunday. And, and I just couldn't believe how aligned it was with what I'd literally just written as a message. So, so have a look. This is pretty cool.
2: Grace is God's unmerited favor for us. His crazy love. And the truth is, many times we struggle understanding it. If you find yourself struggling to understand God's grace, don't beat yourself up. Even the disciples struggled with understanding grace. It's always about me. That's grace, Peter.
0: It's pretty moving, isn't it? Very moving. Here is the ultimate that we would hear his call and go into all the world and preach the gospel. Why did Jesus die? To buy us back? Yes. Did it end there or was it just the beginning? Through our hands and through our feet, it was just the beginning. For us to show forgiveness in the way that he forgave us. For us to extend the hand of love when others forsake us, even as he was forsaken. For us to be a part of healing in people's lives, even as by his stripes we are healed for us to take on the responsibility of our brothers as, and sisters as he took ultimate responsibility for us on the cross. In a world where be who you want to be and do what you want to do, are we willing to stop and say, no, my God and my family in Christ are my preference, not myself. So I believe that the gospel of Jesus is the finish but it is also the beginning. Jesus said he came to seek and save the lost. So look up because the harvest is ripe and pray this. Pray the Lord would send the harvesters out. I want to finish on this scripture and, and normally we do a benediction. How about this be our benediction today? Just before I read this, can I just encourage you to... to Think on what I've talked about today. The simplicity of the gospel is two things. Love God and love others. The reality is that God didn't send us out as orphans. He, he sent the power and the person of the Holy Spirit. He is not an it. He is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is the person that, that walks with us in this world today. Um. Be involved, like ladies, at 7 o'clock on Friday. Be involved. Um, Alpha coming up in a couple of weeks' time. Be involved. Invite someone that you know and come do Alpha with, with them. There will be people on our hearts, on our lives, that we can be like Jesus to. Let's pray and then, and then let me read this scripture out. Jesus, today, thank you so much for what you did on the cross. Jesus, we honour you and we love you and respect you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we acknowledge that, that it is finished. Jesus, we acknowledge that you, you commanded us to, to, to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus, use me, use, use us, God even though we are weak, and even though we, are, we have our own, you know, shortfalls and that sort of stuff, Jesus, use us. Lord, this day we dedicate our heart to you, afresh and anew, God. Lord, to follow your will. And Jesus, put a, put a deep sense of others inside of us, God. Lord, we take the risk to follow you We take the risk, Holy Spirit, that you would be the voice that leads us and guides us. Holy Spirit, we take the risk that you would walk with us every day and give us opportunity every day to share the gospel of Jesus. Jesus, I thank you that that we live in a nation that still stops at Easter. Jesus, today we acknowledge you as the author and the finisher, the beginning and the end, the word that became flesh. Jesus, we thank you for your grace upon our life. And God, lead us. We dedicate our hearts to you, to to look to you, God, in this generation and this day, God. We look to you. For all the generations represented in this building, God, we acknowledge that we have something to give. Use our gifts, Jesus, in every way that brings glory to the Father. And he said to them, So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. And the church said, Amen. Let it be so. Let it be so in our life today, God. Amen. God bless you, church.